Hello, and welcome to Nerds About, a podcast where we become nerds about your favorite subject, and we interview a different subject matter expert on something every week. This week, we're going to be Nerds About Podcasting with Rob Lambert. So, Rob, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here on the, uh, do the inaugural episode. It, yeah, it is. I'm really excited sweet. to finally... <laughs> and, and you've kind of been here, this is like the third time that uh, you've had to see stuff that I've started trying to record and uh, nice to finally get you on instead of just uh, listening to me <laughs> badly failing at it. So no, man, no, that's, that's the way you, you just got to get started and go for it. And so, yeah, I'm happy to, to listen to anything you send me for sure. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Rob's been a huge help in getting us to this far and, uh, hopefully continuing on. But, uh, Rob, just when we start off, I want to ask you, we're interviewing subject matter experts on different things so we can nerd out about that. So what qualifies you as a subject matter expert on podcasting? Uh, dude, that's that's such a the word expert is uh, an interesting word because I once had a buddy uh, and, a, and a wise mentor tell me that in order to be an expert, you just have to be a few steps ahead of somebody else. And so, um, man, I feel like when it comes to when it comes to podcasting, I have so so much to learn, and um, but uh, it's very cool to be able to. Um, it's such an ex- an accessible medium. It's it's really cool to be able to help others get started and to see um, that man. It's you know when it comes to creating content, when it comes to you know putting stuff out there, finding an audience, having a voice. Like it's it's hard, but it's not as hard as you think that it is. And part of it is just like going for it and getting started. And so, um, man, I guess what would make me an expert is. I know a little bit more than some other people, but there's so many people out there who are experts for me that know so much more. And so we can all help each other out. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. So I do want to ask you, you have host two podcasts right now? Yes. Yeah, I have two that are actively going now, um, but this is actually my second and my third overall. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did the uh, the old gaming one, didn't you? Yeah, so way back in the day, I used to do, I had a YouTube channel with a buddy of mine named Josh Levesque uh, when I lived in Northern California, and uh, yeah, it was all about like retro gaming and stuff like that, and so we actually, as a part of the, as like an offshoot to kind of provide more content, we started a weekly podcast um, around retro gaming and the gaming industry and stuff like that, and so uh, yeah, we ran that for about a year, I think, and that was a good, you know, first experiment and first kind of dive into the world of podcasting and to just see how it worked and how people responded and all that good stuff. Yeah. So how did that going from doing that for a year to you started you, me and he, which you do with Josh and Andrew, uh, how were you going into you, me and he, and that one sounds like it was kind of a, Oh, Hey, we're doing this other thing. So we're just going to make some side content. Whereas you, me and he, it seems like that's like the main goal is the podcast. And so how was that approach different? Yeah, I mean, so basically what happened is, you know, with, so the name of the original podcast from way back in the day that was kind of the offshoot of the the YouTube channel we had was called Retro Hunters. It was all about, you know, finding old video games and then kind of the name of the podcast was a like mashup of like a bunch of inside jokes from the show. So it was called the Seven Star Dude Cast. Um, and yeah, that that was kind of out of a place of like, hey, we want to be able to pr- provide more content. And I was interested in podcasting. I I loved listening to podcasts and the idea of um, 
radio and broadcast and all that is something that has always been really interesting to me um, and that I've always wanted to sort of find a way to get my foot in the door. And so starting a podcast is like a lot easier than a lot of people think. And there's there's so many podcasts out there. So a lot, you know, there, there's also a lot of people who have discovered that like, it's pretty easy to just put something out there, whether it's good or not is another story. But anyway, um, <laughs> but we, we'd been doing, uh, that YouTube stuff and, um, and that podcast and it'd been a couple of years and it was just a hard schedule. You know, when you're a video content producer, um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to put out content that is good and that is quality. And so there was almost a level of burnout that happened for me because I was doing a lot of the the editing and social media and audience interaction and all that. And so I actually took a long, long break from any sort of content creation. Um, and probably about what's almost, I think it's almost been a year, maybe two years. I don't, re- I don't remember exactly when we launched you, me and he, but, um, I just go through these like waves of creativity where I will just go through like a dry season of like not creating anything. And then all of a sudden, like what I call inspirado will hit and I'll have this idea. And so like when it came to human he, I was actually in the shower one day and I was like, man, I should get back into podcasting because I really loved it and it was really fun. And I was like, who can I do a podcast with and who like, what, what could it be about? And then just instantly I thought of Josh and Andrew because of our friendship and history and uh, I pitched it to them, and they were like, "Yeah, we've never done anything like that, but it sounds cool. Let's do it." And so, and so we went for it. And so, um, the, the at the end of the day, I think with you, me, and he, it was just something that we sort of. I wanted to get back into creating something. I wanted to get back into speaking to an audience, seeing how people accept content that I made, and like interacting with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a really cool way to be able to interact with Josh and Andrew on a on a consistent basis. And so, um, it it was sort of a let's just do this. Let's just have fun. If people like it, if people listen to it, if they download it, then cool. That'll be great. Um, if they don't, then it'll be a fun experiment and then we can move on to something else. And so luckily people, you know, listen to it a little bit anyway. <laughs> yeah. You, you guys have over like a thousand subscribers. There's people all over the world. It seems like listening to it, uh, with your, your track, your downloads. I hear you always talking about random people in like a uh, Bahrain or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, some of the cool analytics that we get, you know, allow us to see where the downloads come from and stuff like that. And so, um, it's interesting because, you know, on the, on the grand scheme of things, when it comes to the podcasting world, like I think you, me and he would be not necessarily considered a success. Um, we're, we're about a year and a half, I think in we're 65 episodes in and we're about a year and a half of, of, broadcast time and we just recently broke 9,000 downloads and so like to somebody who is is starting out they're going man I I wish I had 9,000 downloads you know that's awesome but you know there's a lot of podcasts that will launch and in the first week or the first 10 episodes they'll break 10,000 and so the, the it's it's this interesting thing of like you know it's, it's sort of a, a slow go and a slow burn and a slow in a thing that you just have to keep going and get better at and like continue to build your audience. And, you know, the definition of what somebody would say is success over here is that, you know, Hey, in your first week or at your launch, you break 10,000, 20,000 downloads. That would be amazing. I wish that was the case. That's not what happened for us. Um, and so, you know, it's something that for most people, it's, you're just going to have to stick to it 
You're going to have to grind it out. You're going to have to do it because you love it and, um, and you want to get better at it and then, and, and figure out who your audience is. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, with you having to do, you do all the social media for you, me and he too, don't you? Yeah. Um, I do, I do all of the social media for you, me and he, and then I do probably about 75 to 60% of the, uh, social media for our other, uh, the other show that I do everybody in the conference room. Um, to be honest, you know, when I, the, the very first podcast that I did and when we were doing YouTube, I mean, I was trying so hard to hit every social media outlet I could consistently and make sure that, you know, the content was promoting at every single social media platform and it's just exhausting. It's hard to keep up with. And so even with you, me and he, um, I've sort of pumped the brakes with that and just said, man, I'm really going to focus on one. I'm really going to focus on Twitter or, um, with everybody, everybody in the conference room, we said, you know, Hey, we're, we're going to really focus hard on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, but we're going to be okay with just being like, you know what? Our presence on Facebook is a little bit inconsistent. It's a little bit, um, it's, it's just definitely like the, the outlet that is like not, that doesn't get the most love and we don't get the most traction on, but, um, I just think you have to pace yourself, you know, cause it can, it's easy to burn yourself out when you're trying to promote everywhere. And if you mm-hmm. can really discover an audience and, and find a way to connect with people on one platform really, really well, rather than every, uh, like every single platform, like a shotgun blast, I think there's some value to that. Yeah. And so you, you said you do mostly Twitter. Was there a reason that Twitter went out over Facebook or YouTube? Was it just, you know, your attended audience was there more or... It's interesting because with Yumi and He, so I'm not going to assume that anybody knows what these shows are. So Yumi and He is basically me and two of my buddies that we grew up with, and they're guys that you that Caleb knows as well. We kind of we kind of all grew up in the same town, and so uh, we've all spent a ton of time together. Like Caleb included, kind of grew up together at different times and stuff like that. So um, it's me and these two buddies, and we grew up together. We uh, went through times where we had spent a lot of time and then grew apart and then came back together at the end of high school we kind of somehow came back together we were in a band for about five years I think um, and then that kind of ran its course we parted ways for a while we all became husbands fathers and now you know we're all in our like early to mid 30s and we kind of came back to do a podcast and so it's it's really like us just sort of like sharing stories just sort of like sharing our viewpoint on like random things in the world. And then um, it's sort of morphed over time. You know, it started out as like, we wanted to have a specific topic we were going to talk about. And now it's really us just coming together and sort of checking in with each other on a weekly basis and sort of sharing some of the most like random or weird things that happened to us that week and people get to listen in on it. And so like the way that I like to describe it is like those late nights when you've stayed up way too late and you're, cutting it up and everything is like way too funny for some reason. Like that's what it is with the three of us. And we just record it and you get to listen to it. Um, and so, uh, so with that one, it's, it was hard to find social media wise where to go with it because there wasn't sort of a built in niche or, or, or like audience that we could sort of like tap into. Um, we just had to sort of like organically, build and just sort of like word of mouth and try to get people to enjoy the show, give it a chance and then tell somebody about it. The interesting thing about everybody in the conference room is 
um, it's a, it's an office, what I like to call it's an office watch along companion podcast. And so we basically go episode by episode on a weekly basis and do a sort of like a, a, like a beat by beat recap of whatever episode it is that we're covering of the office. But we also try to be intentional about like finding moments that happen in the episode that splinter off into like a personal thing that's happened with us or like we're three people who work together in the same office and some ways that we can relate to it. And so part of it is the three of us identified each other and said, Hey, we could do a podcast together and it would be really fun. And we all love the office and we all work together. So that would be a really cool thing. Uh, we kind of listened to some of the other office podcasts that were out there and didn't really, there's some that are very good. They take, they take a different approach than we do, but we just felt like, man, for us as office fans, what would we want to listen to? And none of them really scratched that itch that we had. And so we said, we want to make the podcast about the office that we would love to listen to. And the great thing about it is we sort of said, look, if we're going to do this, let's do the office. We all love the office. We all work together. It's the most downloaded show on Netflix. It has a huge social media presence um, it's culturally relevant still to this day. And so there was with, when it came to everybody in the conference room, there was a little bit more st- strategy to like, we know there's a built in audience on Twitter. We know there's certain hashtags on Twitter that we can take advantage of. We know that there's a subreddit on Reddit, you know, uh, the subreddit Dunder Mifflin. We said intentionally, we're going to find ways to make that a part of the show, connect with that because that, um, I can let me pull it up here real quick, but yeah, there's a lot bigger fan. When we're base sitting to there trying with there with the office. Y- yeah, when we're sitting there trying to identify it, we're like, we have a built-in audience on Reddit that's already there. That if we can tap into them, yeah, the the Dunder Mifflin subreddit has 1.1 million members, and so we said if we could even get one percent of the people in that subreddit to be interested in listening to an office podcast and listening to ours, then that's going to be an audience that is going to do well. You know what I mean? And so yeah, hundred thousand um, people there. There was, yeah. So there was, there was a, there was a little bit more strategy when it came to, um, everybody in the conference room because there was already sort of a built in niche that was there. And so we just said, Hey, there's, trending hashtags on Twitter. There's trending hashtags on Instagram all the time. There's tons of meme, uh, meme accounts and all that. That's where we're going to focus is on those. And so I know that was a super long winded answer, (laughs) but that's sort of what it, what it came down to for looking at social media for the podcast in particular. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously like, Hey, you know, people from home like listening to what you guys are talking about and uh you know you mean he is kind of a very niche podcast but everybody in the conference room i imagine uh your numbers off that are probably bigger than you mean he already aren't they yeah the interesting thing about that is that um we're at the point now uh like i said you mean he we're about 65 episodes in and we are about a year and a half into building the audience and, and trying to figure that out. And we we just broke 9,000 overall downloads, uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took us about a year and a half to get there right now with everybody in the conference room. We're only nine, I think 18 or 19 episodes in our episodes are starting to on the, like within the first 48 hours of an episode launching, 
everybody in the conference room is already starting to see the numbers that Yumi and he is hitting now that it was that it took us a year and a half to get to. And we launched everybody in the conference room in March of this year, 2019. And so, yeah, everybody in the conference room is on track to surpass the downloads and build the audience much faster than Yumi and he did. And a lot of that has to do with um, the established office um, fandom that's out there that's easy to tap into. And then also um, the people who did latch on and the organic audience that we built with Yumi and he, we were able to say, hey, Rob also does this other podcast. So if you like Yumi and he, and you don't think that Rob is a long-winded noob like I am right now on your podcast. <laughs> don't worry about then that. Maybe go listen to this, and you might like it. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely on track to to surpass those numbers for sure. And even when you look at social media interaction, uh, our Patreon, um, just everything about everybody in the conference room is doing much much faster growth than you, me, and he did for sure. Yeah, and so the other thing that's interesting about just comparing the two, uh, you know, you know, they're both your children. We don't want to ask you to pick a favorite, but you know, one of them's catching <laughs> up with your buddies. One of them, you know, I'm guessing Andy's a little bit better friend. Um, Andy is Rob's wife, who does everybody in the conference room with him. Um, hopefully, that's not insider information, Rob. I apologize. But uh, no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. okay. But uh, yeah, if you, you know, listen to the newest episode of Everybody in the Conference Room, it's obvious that it's not insider information. We were being googly-eyed through the whole thing. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Lambert Lovebridge, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, But I, I was just curious as to, uh, you know, it's one thing you're recording. You know, you said you you work with, uh, I believe Andy's the other guy who you record with, correct? For Everybody in the Conference Room? Uh, yeah, Adam. Adam. Adam uh, yeah, Adam and Andy, yeah. Adam, oh, sorry, Andy's your wife. I knew that. I apologize. I'm gonna have to edit this so much. No, so no, you're good. You're good. That's that's the nice part about doing this. So my question with Yumi and He versus everybody in the conference room is, you know, Yumi and He, which you're recording with Josh and Andrew, they're still here in our hometown. We were talking a little bit about how to how you remotely do that versus recording. I'm guessing all in the same room with Adam and Andy. Um, how does that? How does that really affect how you're uh, approaching what you're doing on? Is it easier to bounce off Adam and Andy because they're right there as opposed to Josh and Andrew who you're um, FaceTiming with from thousands of miles away? Like, How does that affect your recording? Yeah, so um, so yeah, you mean he is done with uh, two buddies who live in our hometown in California, and then I live in the Salt Lake area of Utah. And so, yeah, we do it uh, remotely. They're in the same room together, and then I'm here, and we're going through FaceTime and each recording locally and blending those together, and it's awesome. But, um, yeah, it's different. It, there's, a, there's a different dynamic when you're doing anything remotely. I mean, even like this right here, what we're doing. Like, if we're sitting across the table from each other, we're it's an audio medium, and so there's... Um, it works the way that we're doing it now, but if you're sitting across from me, there's little things physically, little ways that we can cue each other. Uh, it's much easier for you to know when I'm done speaking or when, or for me to know when you're done speaking and all that kind of stuff. And I think there's just, um, there's just a little bit more chemistry and like, um, wittiness that gets to, to happen in the room when you're in the same, it's just a different energy. Um, the good thing about, um, with Josh and Andrew is that with those two guys being in the same place and both of them are like incredibly 
sharp and like incredibly witty. And so um, I often find that the two of them will start, will, will kind of get each other started. And it's, sometimes it's like hard for me to keep up because they're just on such a roll and it's so good that I will often like sometimes just kind of sit back and be cracking up uh, along with the audience, I think. And so um, it is very different when, when we're doing everybody in the conference room, I have Adam and I have Andy sitting right across from me. Uh, I'm in, I'm in the studio right now, but they, they would be sitting across the desk. Um, and it's just a different vibe. It's just a different energy. And so, um, both of them work. Uh, but if I had to, if I had to choose, there's something about being in the room with people, um, that I think just brings out, it brings out a better, a better broadcaster in me. And so we, there was a, there was two episodes that we did, uh, locally when I traveled to California, mm-hmm. uh, for you mean he and, and, and being in the same room. I mean, when you've done it remote for so long, there's a little bit of weirdness to it because you're like, I'm not used to being in the same room with you, but that, uh, that quickly goes away. And being in the same room with Josh and Andrew was like, um, it would be the way that I would prefer to do it if it was possible for sure. Yeah, I can definitely imagine that. Uh, they do have that video posted on their YouTube. If you guys do want to go check out you, me and he, uh, on YouTube, Definitely recommend watching that episode. It was really interesting to see them uh, all in the same room as compared to how I'm used to listening to it, where Rob's clearly uh, not in the room. Um, so, Rob, getting kind of the the technical side of stuff. So, you handle most of your editing and everything for your podcasting, correct? Yes. Yeah, I do all of it. All of it. So, what's your typical processing time? What's your what's your process for how you're going to edit stuff? How do you decide what to keep and what not to keep? Uh, you know, do you end up having big sections you have to cut out normally or do you typically just do single takes, all that kind of stuff? So when we, that's great. When we, when we launched, um, you, me and he, I, I, Josh and Andrew were new to podcasting. Uh, I had a lot of rust that I needed to knock off and I think I was really concerned about, um, just making sure that like it, it was the highest quality that it could be. And so it was not uncommon. We would record about probably close to 90 minutes worth of material for the show. And then we, we intentionally aimed for a runtime of about 45 minutes to an hour closer to the 45 is preferable. Um, because I, I, I think that that's a good, to like, at least for me as a listener, I think that's a good tight amount of time. Like, I don't feel like it drags on. I don't feel like it's too short that like maybe, you know, there's ones out there that'll be 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, it just, it, it, it allows for you to just breathe a little bit in there. And so I like that. Um, but yeah, it was not uncommon for me to cut out like 30 minutes worth of content. And so, you know, there was times when I was, we would finish recording and then I was spending two, maybe three hours editing um, and for me, that's just, once again, it's just not sustainable. Like I, mm-hmm. I have a full-time job. I have like a side hustle of other things that I do. And so podcasting is definitely something that is a, a hobby that I would love for it someday to become more lucrative. But, um, I just don't have, I don't always have the time to, to devote to that. And so as we got better, um, and the chemistry sort of built and stuff like that, uh, like now that we're 65 episodes in, I will, I will literally slice the front off and slice the back off. 
um, when we're sort of like leading in and sort of like counting down to begin the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a, and then I'll, and I'll add the music and the transitions and stuff like that. But other than that, I, I don't do a lot of editing. If there is something that, you know, there's times where I will like botch a transition or botch an intro. And even sometimes I don't think that has to be cut. I think it can be endearing and it can be fun. It doesn't have to be incredibly professional every time, but if it's like really, really bad, then in the midst of recording, I I have an outline in front of me. I will make a note and say, Hey, at this time code, I'm going to make a cut. Um, and so, yeah, uh, nowadays I cut very, very little. And especially for everybody in the conference room, um, there's hardly any editing. That's that's kind of like we hit record and we go. And then at the end, once again, I'll, I'll cut the front off and cut the back off, add in the intro and outro music. And then what you hear is pretty much how it went. I don't cut hardly anything because that's one of the beauties of podcasting for me is that when I was, being, when I was a video uh, content creator on YouTube, it was so time consuming to put out something that was high quality that you felt proud of and that, um, and to do that on a consistent basis, it was just hours and hours. And when you're shooting and then you're editing and post production and all that. And that's the beauty of podcasting is that if you do a lot of work on the front end to make sure that your setup is good, you, you have an outline, you know where you want to go, you know how the show's going to go and you stick to it. You don't have to edit a lot. And so, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm being super realistic for everybody in the conference room, maybe 15 minutes worth of editing and then I'm uploading it and it's good to go. And so the record time plus 15 minutes of tightening a couple of things up and then it's done. And so it's really nice to be able to put something out that you're proud of that, uh, the turnaround time doesn't feel like a extra job. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, you know, I really wish you would have told me that tip about, you know, making a time note where you want to edit stuff whenever I was messing up that question earlier. <laughs> well, now, now you know, <laughs> great timing on that one, Rob. Excellent. Sorry. <laughs> well, now you know for episode two. Now, so now we know for episode two, and so uh, I'll put in a little sound effect there to let you guys know where that edited whenever we uh, put this out. So, Rob, what were some of your inspirations coming into podcasting? What were some of the podcasts that you listened to that you guys, uh, you know, you, me, and he, I feel like is kind of its own uh, kind of its own animal. It's kind of different than a lot of other ones that I've heard. Uh, you, you know, you talked earlier about everybody in the conference room, how you said, you know, there's a lot of office podcasts that are really good, but here's what we kind of want to hear. But still, what were your, what were some podcasts that you listened to that you said, hey, we kind of want to do this, but we want to tweak this a little bit and your uh, inspiration to, to come up with what you came up with? Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big podcast listener. Um, if I'm, driving or I'm out doing yard work or if I have any sort of free time, I'm, I usually have one of my AirPods in and I'm listening to a podcast. Um, cause I just think it's, it's just a, it's just a cool medium. It's a cool way to, to be able to, um, enjoy content and it's on the go. And there's just, there's so many different things out there to listen to. So I think it's very cool. Um, with Yumi and he, um, if I'm being super, super honest, I think the part of where that came out of was um, there is a there's a family who produces a lot of different podcasts. They're called the McElroys. Um, they have a couple of podcasts. They have one called uh, sort of the flagship one that is like the biggest one. It's called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Um, they also do, um, which I highly recommend. It's 
freaking hilarious. It's so good. Um, they also do one called Adventure Zone, which is a like live uh, a live play of like tabletop RPG games, which once again sounds super nerdy and boring, but it's incredibly theatrical and like once again they're hilarious and so hey, they that's the whole part of the podcast is being nerds about stuff so uh we'll be nerds about D at some yes. point yes yeah it's so good i'll i would love to be back on that episode i'm a big D guy um but uh i i loved the the way the three of them they're brothers and um the way the three of them bantered and sort of um just didn't take themselves too seriously and just had a great time. I, that was a big inspiration, but, um, I'm definitely a big Joe Rogan fan. Um, I appreciate the diversity of guests that he will have on there. And so I don't listen to every episode he puts out, but when I read the description and it's somebody that sounds interesting to me, I find that I'm hardly ever disappointed. Like he's a, I find him to be a very good interviewer and he just, he has a great way of um, he has a great way of sort of engaging people in conversation and digging deeper on things without sort of judging them or like shutting them down and just being like, yeah, just tell us more. You know what I mean? And so I just think that's really really cool. I love that. Um, yeah, those are those are two of the big big and, and those are like pretty big names. Uh, yeah, that a lot of people probably listen to. Um, if I had to pick something that's like maybe a little bit less well known that I would love to push out there, um, it's not <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart because they they're Scottish and they at times will get a little bit dirty. But there is a show called Sexy Beasts that is two guys from Scotland who basically dedicate every episode to sort of like rating and reviewing um, different cryptids. So like the Wolfman or the Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster and sort of like creating like this leaderboard if they if they ever got in a fight, who would win and all that. And it's like... Oh, so kind of like that... Uh, cool. I really enjoy that one. Kind of like that This Fight's This segment that uh, I tried to do originally. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely has that kind of vibe. And so they kind of break down like uh, what sort of evidence is out there and they tell different stories or different, you know, urban legends about, you know, about them and then like break down, like what kind of powers would they have and what, what would their strengths and weaknesses be? And, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really interesting and it's super nerdy, but I love it. <laughs> that, that actually sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to give that one a listen. So Rob moving along here, you know, you tend to be the lead host on your podcast, right? And so, um, you know, you've got Josh and Andrew with you, but you always do the lead outs. Uh, you, same thing with uh, everybody in the conference room. You tend to do the lead outs on that. So what are some tips you can give me this being my first time? How, how would you suggest that uh, somebody goes about being the lead in and, and doing that sort of thing within a podcast? You know, I think that one of the, one of the interesting things about podcasting is that it's very easy for you to when you, when you look at when you look at different um, communities like podcasting communities and stuff like that or, or people trying to encourage each other like one of the things they'll say is just like you know just get started just hit record and start talking and like see what happens you know what I mean like don't yeah don't wait and I think some of that is true I think if you have an idea that like it may not be your best idea but you have something that kind of makes sense that you have something interesting to say like get started on it. Like get it going because even it's going to be, 
it's going to be very rare that your first idea is going to be your best idea or your most successful, but you're going to learn a lot from those things and you're going to sharpen your skills. And when you get the next good idea or the next, the next good, um, show comes across, you know, inspirato strikes and it's time to give it a shot. Like you will have a lot of experience under your belt. And so, uh, that's very true. I think do that. The thing that gets hard is that I think that people think that it's easy to sort of like, Hey, we're kind of going to talk about this, or I kind of have this idea. So I'm just going to hit record and I'm going to go. That rarely works out. There's not a lot of people out there who have the skill to be able to just hit record and then say something that's engaging and interesting for any, for a long period of time. And so when it comes to the shows that we do, um, man, I, I try to be as prepared as I possibly can. You know, we're making show outlines ahead of time. We're sharing them with each other. We're adding things on. Um, we're pulling things out if it doesn't make sense or if it's weird. And then I have, um, just certain like sticks that I do, you know, I have a certain intro that I do almost every single time. And like every once in a while, you know, it'll, it'll fluctuate a, a little bit or, mm-hmm. you know, like with you, me and he, Andrew or Josh will like throw a zinger in the middle of it to throw me off. And like, that's funny. It's endearing. It's part of it. But like, it creates quality and consistency on that front end. And so, um, man, I just think when it comes to hosting a show, whether you're interviewing somebody, whether you're a group of guys or, or a girl sitting around and trying to do something, or it's just you and you're just by yourself and you're sharing about something that you're passionate about. Um, don't be afraid to prepare, prepare more than you think you need to, because at the end of the day, you know, for me, like a good healthy outline, it, it gives me a roadmap that I, that I can stick to. And if I decide to go off road for a little while, I can do that, but I always have a place that I can come back to. Um, and that can get me back on track and that can take me towards the end goal of it, which is wrapping up the show well and all that good stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just doing, putting in the effort on the front end so that when people listen, they understand, man, this is something that this person cares about too. Like I've listened, I'm a part of a few communities and people will throw up their shows and be like, Hey, be honest, give me a review. And I remember there's this one guy who was a motivational, like he was doing like motivational, inspirational daily posts. And he was talking about like, you know, achieving your goals and all that. But like he sounded when I listened to it, he sounded like he had just rolled out of bed. He sent, he rambled a lot. He sounded like he didn't really know what he was talking about. And so I'm sitting there going, man, this is somebody who's supposed to sound like an authority when it comes to being motivated, going after your goals, being organized. But you sound like a dude who just rolled out of bed and is going to have a bowl of cereal and is like, Hey, let me inspire you. And it's like, no, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so just have fun with it, but take it seriously. Like, put some pride into it, put some time into it because it shows for people, you know, when you have pride and when you're having fun in what you're creating, there will be people out there that that will resonate with and that they will, they'll be happy to listen to it and be on board because passion inspires passion. I think, you know, people want to latch on to something that is important or that means something. And even if it's, even if it's something like, a random podcast that is about some random topic that doesn't have any like long-term staying power or really matter about anything. Like if you're having a good time and you're passionate about it, you're going to connect with somebody. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's about. 
connecting with an audience and being able to interact with them and speak to them in a, in, about something that resonates for them and it brings them joy or educates them or causes them to adjust their perspective in some way or see a different perspective. Um, so yeah, dude, you're yeah. kind of like, in, don't you're just inadvert- <laughs> definitely not. You're kind of inadvertently dancing right around the, uh, the whole heart of nerds about is, is, you know, you kept hitting those, you know, if you're passionate about it, people are going to latch onto that passion. And that's kind of my whole hope for the podcast is that, um, you know, clearly tonight I, I can just give you a little bit of nudging and you go on about your podcast and what's interesting about that. And, um, clearly you're super passionate about it. And I find that it's super engaging. I'm just enjoying sitting here listening to you and I'm hoping that that same thing will come out in other people of, um, nerds about can kind of just be a sampler of, Hey, here's this thing that you might be passionate about. And, and even if it's something that you're not passionate about hearing other people be passionate about it is something that I find super engaging. So I, yeah, I think that's really um, hitting the nail on the head as far as being sure that there's a passion behind what you're doing and pointing that passion towards other people. Uh, something that I'm hoping will be successful. Otherwise, the podcast here is not going to go very far, but that's all right. <laughs> I know that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about some of these different uh, podcast communities that you're a part of. Uh, how much do you listen to, uh, you know, other other content creators, other people coming in saying, hey, you know, I, you know, I was where you guys were at and here's kind of some stuff I did. And um, how much are you, you know, how much, what does that, how does that community work between different people making podcasts? You know, it's interesting because... Something that I've learned that I think you have to be careful about is that there are there's sort of two different interesting nuances of the podcasting community that I've sort of fell into and have tried to distance myself not because it's not because it's wrong or that it's bad but just because like it's just not going to be helpful for what I want to do and so one is um, a lot of podcasting communities are, it's sort of made up of these podcasts that are all about trying to sell something in particular. Like it's sort of like a, um, like I'm a life coach and like, I'm just using this as a random example. Like I'm a life coach. And so I have like this course or I have this, um, yeah, it's just one big commercial website. Yeah. And so like, I'm going to do this podcast as like another side marketing thing that like, I'm going to give people a little, um, I'm going to give them sort of a snippet and like, I'm going to give them good content and I'm going to give them things that are valuable and helpful. And if they only listen to the podcast, great. But at the end of the day, like the podcast is really a vehicle to drive people to your website or your course or your service or whatever that is. And so like, it's very smart. Like that's a great idea. It's a good way to get traction and to promote your business. But like the kind of stuff that I'm creating, like, it's just not a. It's not a. Um, you're you're making a standalone. That's gonna. You're making a standalone product with your podcast as compared to trying to drive people somewhere else to buy something else. Yeah, sort of. And so, like, it's it's in those areas. Like, it's usually just not super helpful for me. Um, and so, I think like identifying that and being like, okay, this is a podcast community, but like, this isn't going to be the podcast community that's going to work for me. Um, I think that's part of it. The other part of it is that. Um, there are 
there's this interesting thing in the podcast community that is like, hey, if you like you you listen to my show and I'll listen to your show and like you promote my show and I'll promote your show. And there's things about that that are really good, but I think what ends up happening is you sort of you sort of get caught in this trap where you're like, hey, these podcast creators are people who obviously love podcasts. So these are people that like I should be promoting to, or these are areas where I should be like posting my show. And so like initially when I started um, with you, me and he, like there's a couple of subreddits like uh, podcasting or podcasts, which is like a subreddit for podcasters. And so there's tons of people who are posting their show to promote it. Or like I was posting the show there to promote it. And then the more that I thought about it, I'm like, I'm promoting my show to other content creators. They're not my audience. Like they're all, mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in listening to most of their shows. Why would I think they're interested in listening to mine? And so, um, at the end of the day, I think that one of the most helpful things has been identifying other shows that are similar or sort of like have something about them. That's a thread between a show that I'm doing and a show that they're doing and sort of developing a relationship with them where we can partner together and sort of um, just sort of organically um, interact with each other. I think that that's super helpful, but it's, I guess what I'm saying is like, it's really easy to get caught in this trap of like accidentally promoting yourself to other podcasters. And at the end of the day, like that's not, you're, you're not going to be your target audience, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're the fact of the matter is is that there are there's a lot of good podcasts out there and there's even more really really bad podcasts out there. And so <laughs> I think it's you know, it's just rather than maybe finding one specific community and trying to integrate yourself there, I think it's just finding finding who your audience is and interacting with them well and respecting them and like being super friendly and grateful to them, like that they would even give your show a chance. And then if you're going to interact with other podcasts and communities, like finding other podcasts that have similar listener bases, or even when you just listen to it, you're like, these, like these people are my style. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like just developing an organic relationship there because that's where you can start to, um, help each other out and promote each other and like yeah pr- there's nothing promoting you mean th- he there's nothing really more sense. challenging than trying sorry go ahead I was say like promoting you mean he doesn't really make sense on a podcast like uh you know and that's why we drink which is all true crime stuff um you know it, it's okay these are two kind of different audience bases so uh going podcaster to podcaster there used to be a little bit more in common than just both of you guys talking into a mic yeah, and then there's also like there's nothing more challenging than trying. Well, I shouldn't say that. That sounds like such a first world problem. <laughs> it's <laughs> let me let me rephrase we're, that. We're on a podcast. It's it really is a challenging. You're good. Yeah, it's really challenging to like be excited about and try to promote a podcast that you're not a fan of. Like, there's just there's people who are who are, who are willing to 
retweet you or to promote your show. And like, that's really cool. And I hope, I hope people are doing that because they really enjoy the content that, that we make and like, they want to share it because they're, they love it. But there's times when there's shows that will want me to retweet something or to like something or to promote something. And I will legitimately go and listen to it and I'll go, man, like, I don't know that I want to push this to my audience. Maybe it's their content. Maybe it's their stance on things. Maybe it's just quality wise. Like it's just not there. And so, um, so it's to me, for me, that's just like, it's a complicated thing. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and assume that since you're on this, you're going to just figure out that it's good and uh, promote this to your audience, right? Oh, for sure. I'm going to promote the crap out of this. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I to- totally get where the audience for this and the audience for you, me, and he, and everybody in the conference room would differ. Uh, so, uh, Rob, I want to ask you two last things. First off, what's your favorite joke about podcasting? Or is there a good joke you know about podcasting? You know, okay, so I I, I was looking online for jokes about podcasting because I don't know that I've ever really heard a podcast joke. But one of the things that I, um, one of the ones that I saw is it said, um, what do you call a podcast with one listener? Successful. And that (laughs) really resonated... It really resonated with me because you were talking about podcasting communities. There's these podcasting communities that I'm part of where they'll post a a thing and they'll be like, what do you consider success for your podcast? And you'll get these people who will post, if just one person listens, or if I just connect with one person, it's worth it. It was a success. And for me, dude, like that is such crap. (laughs) Like... Um, if I was making a podcast that was consistently getting one download, or even if I was making a a podcast that consist that like just consistently had like a good consistent base of like 10 people, 20 people, 50 people, and those numbers didn't climb, but those numbers stayed consistent to me personally, I just don't see, I don't see that as successful. Like if you're not growing, if you're not consistently seeing, new listeners coming, then there's something that needs to be adjusted. There's something that needs to be changed. Maybe you have, maybe you need to, you need to be more consistent with your, um, release schedule. Maybe you need to up the quality. Maybe you need to prepare more. Maybe you have a bad idea for a show and you need to scrap it and go back to the drawing board and relaunch something. But to like, it is a joke to hear that one, like, a podcast with one listener would be considered successful. I'm like, yeah, that's the hugest joke I've ever heard in my life. Your mom having an internet connection doesn't make a successful podcast. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And so it's, it's a hard thing because I think, you know, when we create content, it's so personal and like, um, yeah, you really are putting a lot of yourself out here whenever you're doing something like this. Sure. Sure. Yeah. There's a, there's a level of vulnerability and you open yourself up to criticism and haters and all that good stuff. It's, it's good for you. But, um, man, if you're, if you're not growing, if you're not seeing at least a little bit of consistent numbers increasing, um, rather than going, well, one person listens, So I, it's a success. Like I'm happy. It's good. Like, no, ask yourself, how can it get better? Like, how can it keep getting better? How can we make this thing 
um, more palatable? How can we have a longer, uh, a further reach, mm-hmm. um, more of an impact, all that good stuff. So, yeah, definitely. If, if you're not reaching people, then there's no point in doing what we're doing. And, um, I definitely, you know, enjoy seeing your shows continue to grow. Hopefully this one will continue to grow from, uh, the current zero listeners since we haven't posted an episode yet. Um, you're going to get one download. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, then that's a success. All right, Rob. So I'm going to go, go. <laughs> catch you a little bit flat footed here, but I was hoping that you'd be willing to give people a little bit of taste of you, me, and he, and you might reflect on what we've learned tonight. Oh, dang. You're going to put me on the spot. Okay. Hang on a second. Let me, uh, you don't even have to cut this. This is how, this is how I do it here. Um, oh, that's, total, that's totally right. fine. Here we go. Okay. So we do this thing at the end. Of, so that's interesting. So at the end of You, Me, and He, for the longest time, we did something that we called Socrates, mm-hmm. which was basically a playoff of Bill and Ted when they're like, Socrates. Uh. But it was supposed to be like philosophically sort of like after everything that we've talked about tonight, like what have we learned? Um, and each of us was supposed to go around and sort of like make one final joke. And it just never, it was hard. It was hard for, for Josh and Drew, I think, yeah. to like function in that like in that box and so uh we sort of changed it to what have we learned and so at the end of every episode i'll give kind of three things that we've learned um as we've talked and so um man let me let me give this a shot because i have zero prep on this um i'm sorry i should i I just thought of it while we were doing it and i'm like oh hey i'm gonna make sure rob (laughs) plugs his stuff at the end so i'm gonna see if i can get him to do like a little bit of that similar thing and be like well hey if you like that then go check out and and plug your stuff for you since you're being so nice and coming on man totally okay here we go okay so number one uh i think we learned that um if nobody has drawn the line between the title you, me, and he, and my brother, my brother, and me, uh, I sort of pulled the cat right out of the bag, and so I probably owe some royalties to the McElroys. Sorry, guys. Um, number two, uh, I think we learned that most podcast communities are just not good for you. You just need to go it alone and just be just be a lone wolf out there and uh, just see how that goes. That may be uh, horrible advice also, so I apologize. And I think number three, I think we've learned that no matter what happens, Nerds About is going to be a successful podcast because Caleb's going to download it and so am I. So I think we're good. (laughs) Hey, two downloads. That's successful. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) It's going to be like a 100% increase over most people's. There you go. There There you go. go. That's right. All right. So (laughs) if you guys liked Rob and you want to check out more of his context, you can find you, me, and he on wherever you want to find your podcast, Google Play, iTunes, or Spotify. Be sure you leave him a five-star review. Rob gets really, really excited about those. He uh, almost wets his bed. He gets so excited. And if you want to check out everybody in the comments Oh, baby. Room... <laughs> Wait, what? I just said, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to redo that without saying you wet your pants or wet your bed because... Uh, oh, no, it was good. No, keep no, that in there. Good. Are you kidding me? Don't even cut this part. Don't even cut this banter right now. Just leave it in, Caleb. It's fine. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not even going to edit out the other part. I'm just going to be like, well, we're, we talked about editing that part out, and then we didn't because we talked about editing stuff. So <laughs> That's awesome. So if you like Rob, you can check out his content on You, Me, and He, wherever you find your podcast. And same thing with everybody in the conference room. We'll leave them five-star reviews. They really like it. And uh, hey, maybe like and subscribe to Nerds About as well. Uh, we'll be coming at you soon with some more episodes. Rob, thanks for joining us. And we're glad that you are Nerd About Podcasting.